Yeah, this is another riveting episode of the Cafe American podcast for the week of April 18th. Uh, I think it's a Wednesday, even though we're a couple of days late. Um, I have some exciting news. It has been brought to my attention that the podcasting host site that I use, Podbean, decided to, oh, well, remove all of the play and download data that was on there. I had a couple of downloads. I had a lot more than a couple of downloads and plays on my profile, Cafe Americaine, and I looked at it today, and all of a sudden, poof, they're all gone. Now, why would it, they be all gone unless we talk about topics that are taboo, and we talk about topics that maybe the mainstream media and other news organizations don't want to talk about or, more importantly, can't talk about. So this is why I do what I do, and this is why you should be listening to the Cafe American podcast. And if you're listening to it, that's fantastic. Now you have another job to do. That is to tell your friends to do this because, God damn it, I am determined determined to make this something. I am determined to make ripples, more than ripples. I'm determined to make waves in this with podcasting, with broadcasting. We are going to make a change because there are things going on in this world that do not make sense to the average human being. And there's a reason for that. And someday I may get into it and bring on other people to talk about it, but not today. Um, Some of you may know that Barbara Bush, former First Lady Barbara Bush, has decided to assume room temperature and pass on to the great beyond. Now, I have very little respect for the Bushes, uh, Father Bush and Junior Bush, Uh, Father Bush being uh, one of the few people that have been involved in the JFK assassination. And many people declared that President or or Vice President at the time, Bush, was the real president while Reagan was elected president. And uh, Bush did some very, very awful things when he was in office. Uh, One of those awful things had to do with the Iraq War in 1991. It was determined that Kuwait was drilling for oil diagonally into Iraqi territory. Saddam Hussein at the time said, um, WTF, why are you doing this? And Saddam Hussein, being a proxy actor in the Middle East for the West and the United States, battling against Iran to a stalemate and getting nowhere, um, consulted with its ally, the United States, and said, um, WTF about these dumb uh, the a-holes that are drilling diagonally under their border into our oil. What do you say about this? And the United States' response was, we have no interest or controlling interests in the Middle East at all. So diplomatically, that says, do whatever you want to do. We've got no say in the matter. And that is when Saddam Hussein decided to invade Kuwait. Two seconds later, George Bush says, oh my God, how could this be? A helpless, helpless Saudi satellite kingdom was invaded by uh, this masher. 
this awful human being, Saddam Hussein, and they must be kicked out. So it was a hoodwink from the beginning, and that was George Bush Sr., the father. That was his doing. Now, the Bush family themselves, they go way back, way back. During World War II, Prescott Bush and the others, they decided that, well, Hitler had a few good points and sold oil and gasoline to Hitler. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so this is the Bush family. And then we all know, because we all have recent memories of uh, Bush 43, the son, the doofus. Um, and I was never a good fan. Although as a person, now that I see him drawing, uh, not drawing, but painting watercolors of puppies and things like that, I don't necessarily think uh, he is a bad person. But I do think he is an emotionally disturbed person, especially especially if you believe what Kathy O'Brien has written about the Bushes in her book, Transformation of America. Um, then you have a completely different picture of the Bushes and what they all stand for. And it should come no, to no surprise to anybody, being that the grandfather Bush, Prescott Bush, was selling oil and aligning himself along with other Biz, prominent businessmen with Nazi Germany and Adolf Hitler. I, I, you may or may not know, but Hitler made uh, Person of the Year, I think, for Time magazine during the 30s. So there were a lot of prominent businessmen in America aligning themselves with fascism. And this is the ilk that the Bushes come from. However, there was a bloated liberal college professor that said Barbara Bush was racist. Well, she may or may not be racist, I don't know, uh, but she decided to go off on her. Uh, Randa Jarrar, uh, R-A-N-D-A, Randa, J-A-R-R-A-R, she decided to shoot her mouth off, and it's not an, uh, it's not an insubstantial mouth, uh, saying Barbara Bush was a generous and smart, amazing racist too, along with her husband, raised a war criminal. Fuck out of here with your nice words. Oh, that's very, very elegant and eloquent. And she's, oh, oh, she's bristling with accolades. And, and she's just in seventh heaven. All of her liberal friends and leftist-leaning friends are gaga. The, oh, they're gushing over her. Oh, my gosh. And then she responds to all of this. By saying, well, other people finally caught on and said, hey, as a professor, don't you think you should shut the F up? And she goes, all the hate I'm getting almost made me forget how happy I am that George W. Bush is probably really sad right now. And then another response that Ramada, or Rhonda, not Ramada, Ramada, and Rhonda Gerard says, sweetie, I work as a tenured professor. Alarm bells should be going off right now. I make 100K a year doing that. I will never be fired. I will always have people wanting to hear what I have to say. Wrong, sweetheart. Even if you are one of them. And that's her response to some sort of right-wing nut. Uh, maybe not a right-wing nut. Maybe just a right-wing person or a person with some sort of morals that says maybe you should just shut the F up for two effing days while other people would like to mourn Bush's uh, loss. And so with this, 
She is basically saying, I can say whatever I want because I'm tenured. I make 100K a year, so you can go F yourself. Go fly a kite, go jump in a lake, and go do something that's uh, physically and physiologically impossible. Yeah. This is the type of person that is in academia, and there are many, many more like this person. I went to an event uh, earlier this week in the area. It's for it's an event for uh, a minority group. I'm not going to say which one, but it's an event for a minority group. And while uh, the panelists, because there were multiple panelists here, that while the panelists were relatively not relatively, they were fine. They were good. They were speaking about inclusion and 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 feminism and what it's like to be a minority in the workplace and how come certain minorities don't get the same pay. It's all good stuff and it's all valid arguments here because guess what, racism still exists and now a lot of people are facing reverse racism, such as Caucasians. I don't understand that. That's another thing. If you're applying to a job, you can check off African-American, but then you check off white. If you're going to say African-American, then why aren't you saying Caucasian? Right. I, exactly. Thank you. But anyway, there was somebody that was concluding the event, and this person was a prominent business owner. And this business owner said, guess what? America is changing. It has been changing for a long, long time. And the future of America is brown. The future of America is black. The future of America is yellow, red, orange. We have no room for the male, pale, and stale. And this brain surgeon decided to say this a number of times. And I almost got up and flipped him the bird as I exited the conference room. Yes, this is what's going on in America. While all of these minority groups cry out for inclusion and equal pay, and, oh, look at me, I'm a minority. By the way, the woman Rhonda Gerard, the person we were just speaking about and how she's flaunting she is a tenured professor, she describes herself as an Arab-American and also decided, after she was getting so much flack, and her bosses at academ in the academic, uh, academic, geez, academic community decided to go, hey, listen, uh, fatso, because she's, she's an enormous person. And it has nothing to do with being a female. She's just a fat ass. They went, hey, fat ass, maybe you should shut the F up. Stop talking. Why don't you put another Twinkie in your mouth and get out? She decided to make her Twitter account private so that you cannot see what she has written. Well, sorry, it's already out there. Now, this is the mindset that I'm talking about here. You have all of these minority groups saying, oh, inclusion, why can't you include me? Why don't I get equal pay? Why don't I? Now, there is a different mindset in America. There is a social war brewing here. These minority groups aren't about including Caucasians. They aren't about trying to make themselves better with the cooperation of other minority groups. There is only one agenda here. And that agenda is to make sure that their minority group that they are aligned with comes out on top.
And I'll tell you the number one enemy, no matter how many shortcomings these various minority groups have, their number one enemy is Caucasians. And let me tell you something. Being a Caucasian, I have not had an easy effing road. Nobody has helped me except my family. Nobody, I, I didn't get government assistance. I ran my own business for a year and a half, and I lost $450,000 running that business. Think about that. I lost almost half a million dollars running that business. Nobody helped me. I was down and out so many times I couldn't even describe them. Well, yes, I could. It was only two or three times, but I, and I can describe them. I've been in such spots where my unemployment has run out, and I was living off of tax return checks. Nobody helped me. Nobody helped me, and I, was, and I didn't go crying to anybody about it. I didn't ask for a handout. I picked myself up, and I found an effing job, by the way, which isn't the best. I found an effing job, and I got myself back on my feet. So don't come crying to me, oh, you're white, you're male, pale, and stale, so that you can't, uh, you have no right to speak about anything. Listen, shut the hell up. Seriously, shut the hell up. Unless you are born into money, or you're dealing drugs, you're going to have to pull yourself up and make a name for yourself. I don't care if you're brown, yellow, orange, red, black, white, it doesn't matter. Stop with the race bullshit. We're all in this together, and we're all being screwed. So why don't we stop talking about race and start talking about socioeconomic equilibrium? Why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about getting the, the working, the poor classes, the middle classes up to a living standard where they don't have to rely on government assistance? Why don't we allow the American worker to earn a decent wage? What is so wrong about that? Exactly. Exactly. Nothing is wrong with that. We're all in this big pile together, and we should all realize that, and we should stop buying the nonsense that, oh, I'm a minority, I can't do this. Yes, there is going to be that. There is going to be racism. There is going to be bigotry. But stop it. There is a lot more clout saying, hey, I'm a person in this income bracket. I have this education. I have this experience. Why the hell can't I get a good effing job in here? And don't tell me, oh, well, it's a tax cut and we're helping you out here. Guess what? Gas prices are going up to the point where the tax cut won't matter. There has got to be a fundamental change here. And it's nothing to do with race. It's everything to do with getting and earning a decent wage in America. That's part one for the Cafe American podcast going completely off the rails and getting completely distracted with what I had in mind to talk about. But it's still good shit anyway.